It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now, 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396. Welcome to Ask the Experts. My name is Brian Black. I'm sitting here with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Good morning. You there? I... Yes, you're here. Okay, okay. good. <laughs> good morning, Brian. It's good to be here. It's with been you a long. Again. It's been a long weekend for me. I'm kind of tired. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to welcome everybody to the show again this week. We took a week off last week and uh, uh, aired a repeat for Labor Day, and now we're back. We're talking about elder law and uh, senior care and uh, wills and trusts and all of the things that uh, we need to take care of for those we love who need those things taken care of. And that's your specialty uh, at Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Uh, Last time we were talking, we were talking about elder law specifically. Uh, And just to recap a little bit, how much of your practice is spent uh, dealing with elder law? Well, when you look at my practice, we have always been in estate planning for the last 30-plus years. But as your clientele get a little older you start looking more towards what you need to plan for 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 elder people. And so about uh, 10, 15 years ago, we started moving more and more towards some of the elder issues and started implementing some of those elder planning techniques into our estate planning. So as a client develops in his life and moves from a young age up until his death, there are different times and stages of his life, and so we have to be able to take care of that and change the plan as the plan needs to be changed. And, you know, you see it in the news a lot, is 65-plus um, is the largest and, uh, excuse me, not largest, the fastest-growing segment of the population in the United States and across the world because of the advances in health care, advances in just uh, the the standard of living in the United States has just increased and increased and increased over over time until now you know you can reasonably expect to live to a much greater age than you could even 25 years ago and so there's a lot, a lot to there's a lot to consider especially when you're when you're talking about like in my situation specifically I just turned 45 years old my parents are in that um, zone right now and, you know, everybody wants to think that their parents are going to live forever. Everybody wants to think they're going to live forever. But there comes a time when you start to need to start re- dealing with the realities of uh, what to think about 5, 10, 15 years down the road. Um, that's, I, I feel like that's a, a place that a lot of people find themselves in where they don't know what assisting, assisted living is. They don't know what memory care is. They don't know... And honestly, I think a lot of people feel like a bad person thinking about, oh, well, I'm going to send my loved one, whether it's a parent, a grandparent, or, or a spouse, oh, I'm going to send them off somewhere and not take care of them myself. Have it, is that something that you've run into where you, you have to maybe educate people? We run into that all the time, it's, and it's becoming a greater problem because people are now living longer, as you mentioned. Uh, Some of the systems are that after you work for a company for 30 years, you may be in your 50s, early 60s, you Mm -hmm. retire. And instead of looking forward to an additional five to 10 years of retirement, you're looking at possibly 30 years. And so a lot of the planning that has taken place for five to 10 years of financial planning 
uh, is now needed to be extended to 30 years or they're going to run out of money. And because they are living longer, everyone loses memory as they move along. They forget names, they forget places, et cetera. And so this becomes a problem. And so we, we have to start planning in advance for these contingencies that will, in fact, come up in just about everyone's life. If you live long enough, you're going to have an elder problem. My question for you is, um, how much do you actually deal with the facilities, say, for instance, here in southern Nevada? I mean, do you know a lot about that industry? Is there, is there a right thing to do, a wrong thing to do? What, what are the first steps that a person should take if they start feeling like either they, their spouse, or their parents need something like this? Well, first of all, they have to look at what the cost is. Uh, there's, of course, the cost of remaining in your own home. If you do remain in your own home, are you going to require certain uh, amounts of assistance from either family or from outside sources? What is the cost of that assistance? So you, you have to look at what the cost and what the needs are. And some people live a little longer. My, my mother lived uh, alone uh, in, a, in a town where she lived after my father died. She lived for 35 years. And at age 95, she was still driving. She was still going out and doing her own grocery shopping, cooking for herself, basically taking care of everything. That's fantastic. It was fantastic. And at age 95, we thought maybe it was time for her to possibly go to her her daughter's home, my sister. There are five of us children, and we all thought that that was probably the best place. And she kind of liked the idea. She'd lived alone. She didn't have the uh, the conversations and everything with her children that she had living alone outside the state. And so she moved there, and she's been quite happy. And we just had her 100th birthday uh, in wow. July. So. Uh, she's lived a long life, and we didn't anticipate uh, any, anyone living that long in our sure? family. But but now we do, and as as people grow older, it, it's a lot of our genes that will determine how long we're going to live. And so, in my own planning, I'm starting to think, hey, I could live to be a hundred years old. I need to plan to live. For as long as my mother has lived. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, yeah, hope for the best, right? Hope for the best. Well, um, in the next segment, we're going to start talking about that actual planning. What does that mean? What do you have to do in order to make that happen? And there's a few things that you, you can do without getting rid of everything or spending all your more money before, you know, you need to. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. We'll be taking your calls at 702-257-5396. I'm here with Brian Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates on Ask the Experts. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. Welcome back. This is Brian Black on Ask the Experts here with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Welcome back. Thank you. So we were talking about elder law and planning for retirement and planning for uh, maybe assisted living, maybe uh, memory care, uh, and talking about the fact that we have increased the amount of time that we might need to plan uh, for from five to 10 years to maybe up to 30 years past retirement. Um, One mistake that a lot of people have made, we've talked about this on the show before, um, when they they start thinking about Medicaid, they're thinking about how how am I going to pay for this? 
Uh, and the, the first thing that comes to their mind is, well, if I'm going to qualify for government benefits, then I need to get rid of everything so that I appear to be uh, uh, poor, basically, so that I can qualify for these government benefits. Is that what you have to do? Do you have to sell off everything and give everything away? What's, what's the story there? Well, the primary uh, program that the government has, it's a federal state type of program. It's called Medicaid. And it is a needs-based, or in other words, they will only provide benefits if there is a financial need. And they have determined that financial need is if you have $2,000 of assets or less Mm -hmm. and uh, a certain amount of income, $2,000 of income or less. And that's not a lot. And that's not a lot. And so people will say, well, my estate right now is worth – let's say $200,000 and at the rate that I'm going to have to pay an assisted living place that provides some nursing care, it's going to be seven to $8,000 a month. Well, that means that it's going to run anywhere from 84000 to $100,000 a year just for that care. Right. And so they think, well, I'm going to have to use up all my money before – I am eligible for that benefit. Right. And so they will – and a lot of people come in and say, well, I, I'd like to give my kids this money. I'd like to give the house away. Right. And then I won't have the, these assets. And so we like to sit down with them, clarify to them what the law is, what they can do, what they can't do. Right. And what they should be doing to preserve – Uh, sufficient assets to take care of themselves in a way that Medicaid then will pick up the balance when the time comes. Right. So you don't have to sell off everything you own and and pay cash and then run out of money and then start this process. Well, selling off. One of the primary assets of the elderly is a home. Right. I mentioned a minute ago that they could only have $2,000 of assets. Right. There are some exempt assets that are not counted as part of that $2,000. Their residence is one of those exempt assets. Oh, okay. And so if they sell it off, then what used to be an exempt asset that's worth $400,000 is now a non-exempt asset in cash and securities. Right. And so now they're going to have to spend down all of that, the proceeds off the sale of the house. And so we try to plan around that. Um, oftentimes if they give it away, for instance, let's say they give the house away to their kids or even put it in joint tenancy with a child. Mm -hmm. What they've done is they have made a gift. Well, the government has seen through some of these schemes Mm -hmm. to create indigence and they, when a person has the financial need and they have a physical or mental need for for long-term assistance, and it's time to make application for some Medicaid assistance, that's a snapshot date. And from that date, the government looks back a full five years. So any gifts that were made five right. years before your need is all going to be added up. And then that will determine what your penalty period is going to be where you can't get any Medicaid. And so... If you're going to make any gifts, you need some counsel uh, before you uh, uh, 
sell something. Some people have said, well, I sold my house for, for $100,000, but it was worth 350000 Well, that's a partial gift, part sale. Right. And so the government's going to catch that. Some people will come in and say, well, my, my daughter has moved in with me. She's been taking care of me for a, for a year, and <clears throat> the, the time has come or is soon coming that uh, she's just not going to be able to take care of me. What do I do? Well, there is an exemption to the five-year look-back period if a child comes in and assists you in your own home right. and lives there with you and allows you to remain in ho- at home for, that, uh, for a two-year period of time so that they didn't have to, to ask for Medicaid assistance. And in that event, you can make the gift of the house after two years of the child living with you. So there are some exemptions there are lots of planning uh, things that people need to consider. They should not give anything away after when they get elderly unless right. they, they have over $5.4 million. Right. And if they have that much, they're never going to have any need for Medicaid anyway. Exactly. So, so they they need that counsel, and I would advise them to uh, to give us a call and, and come in and discuss it. And we give a free consultation, tell them what the problems are, and and then if there's anything that we can do to assist them, then, of course, we're willing to do that. If you'd like to make an appointment with Brian A. Lowe or any of the members of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, 702-259-0002, or you can visit them online at southernnevadalawyers.com. It sounds to me like people don't need to be scared of this process. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm new to this subject, and it sounds to me like the government has actually tried to make it so that you don't have to be scared. They've given you an exemption for owning a home, and therefore that brings the assets that they're looking at down much further than it could have been. Correct. And all you really need is somebody who knows how to behave behave ethically, because I think that a lot of people seem to think that if you're trying to qualify and you're looking at, at the uh, requirements, they, they don't want to feel shady. They don't want to feel like they're, you know, they don't want to you know, they're scared of this whole thing. They think they're going to get caught trying to do something or they think that they they need to, to be indigent in order to get Medicaid. And those that's simply not the case, correct? That's correct. So, you know, there's a lot that we can uh, talk about in this um, program today. And I think that, you know, like I said, with the population aging and with everybody uh, beginning to develop these needs and their parents and their grandparents, you know, I've got I know people my age, 45 years old, who have living grandparents and, you know, who are, you know, approaching that 100-year mark that you talked about. And uh, it's, it's definitely an issue that, uh, that we all are going to have to deal with sooner or later. Um, when we come back from the break, I'd like to uh, talk about Medicaid spend down. I don't know what that is, but uh, hopefully you can explain it to us. Uh, okay. The number to... Anyway, so I thought we were about to go. Sorry about that. Um, Tell me about it now, Medicaid spend down. Well, that there are things that you can spend uh, your assets on that do not change your uh, financial position. And yet, for Medicaid purposes, you have spent down the available assets that you have to, to live on. For instance, a person doesn't have a house. He has cash. He doesn't want to spend all that cash in taking care of himself the rest of his life. Right. He could, in fact, go and buy a house. 
Okay. And that is a spend down. Now it's an exempt asset and he doesn't have that cash any longer, so he can apply for Medicaid. Mm -hmm. There have been cases where a person has bought a a, um, life estate, let's say, in their child's home and paid full consideration for that, that life estate, which is just a fraction of the total value of it. Right. And then they will live in, in their, that child's home, and they have a life estate in it, and if they survive for a minimum of one year living in that life estate, then they consider that that was full value for the life estate, and then when they die, the remainder interest goes to the, uh, to the children, back to the children. Interesting. So we're going to talk about saving for this uh, period in your life using something called the ABLE Act when we return. If you have a question for Brian A. Lowe, the number to call is 702-257-5396. I'm Brian Black, and we'll be back in just a moment with Ask the Experts. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. Welcome back. Brian Black here with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you have a question for us, please give us a call at 702-257-5396. Right now we have Tom on the line. He has a question for Mr. Lowe. Tom, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What would you like to ask? What, What if you're upside down in your home and you want to go into chaos that how would that, and you have no income yet, just Social Security. So what you're saying yeah. is that you, you're on Social Security right now, and you're upside down right. in your home, and right. you're, you think that you need to go into long-term care. Is there any kind of plan right. that you can make? Right, exactly. Well, there's no equity I'm, in the home. There's no, no equity no in equity. your home. So no. you probably just need to plan to get that, uh, that home uh, back over to the mortgage company and make, uh, if you qualify in other areas for Medicaid, then you could make a uh, an application for Medicaid assistance since you don't have the financial wherewithal. But remember, when you make that application, they're going to look back a full five years. And so right. you have to give some consideration as to any gifts that you've made for the five years previous no to gifts. you making Not- application. I know, no gifts. So I've, if you I've been struggling to make the mortgage, because they Fannie Mae now beat I made it for five years. I've been on time. Fannie Mae is putting five thousand dollars towards the interest because I was on a home modification loan, and okay. now they're going in March. They're going to drop it down five thousand. The principal. So, so does that count as a gift? No, that is not a gift. That's, that's not, not a gift. That's going to the that's going into the principal. It's lowering my mortgage down, the, uh, the back end. Yeah, that was probably on some kind of a modification. Right. I had a modification where at the end of my term, I have to pay them $40,000 uh, $40, interest on when the term. But I don't want, I'm not going to stay that long here. I'm 77 years old. I'm making this payment, struggling to make the payment. I want to get out. I want out. I want to go into a home or something. Maybe in a couple of years. I'm, I don't know. I'm not in great health. Uh, I have a heart condition. I have a lot of things. You know. So, that, a year or two, I think, you know, I want to get out. 
So you feel like that the the home is not a valid investment, and that if you're going to be sp- paying out money in order to, right. to oh, yeah, maintain time. yourself, it needs to be in some place that can take care of you. Correct? Right. That is correct. Right. Yes. Right. In time, it's going to be sure. I was going to be worried about it. Yeah, but I can't wait that. I won't be around in time. Let me ask you, Tom. Do you have a pen with you? Yes. Okay, take down this number. 702-259-0002. And that's the number for Brian A. Lowe and Associates. You can come in and schedule uh, something that's very convenient for you, and they'll give you a free consultation and go over some options with you. Is that all right? Okay, where are you located? Las Vegas, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know where the Meadows Mall is? Uh, Valley, Valley View, uh, between Valley View and Decatur on Meadows, oh, yeah, I know on Meadows Lane. Right. Are oh, you up there? Yep, they're right across the way, easy to get to. Uh, you can get right off of Summerlin Parkway right there, right. Or the, you know, the 215. Do so uh, I bring any papers in? Do you need any, any documents or something? No, just come in and, and we'll give you uh, a consultation and, and tell you what your options are. And if there's something that we can do to help you out, we'd be more than willing to do so. Oh, beautiful. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Right. Okay, Tom, okay. thanks for calling. I'll call. Thank you very much. I'll call. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Brian, let me ask you, tell me about the ABLE Act, A-B-L-E. What does it stand for? What is what is that? Uh, that is a new act that came in uh, with by the federal government. A few minutes ago, <clears throat> before we broke, we were talking about spend-downs, and having $2,000 or less in assets, right. having uh, a need. And if you had all of these things, you could get Medicaid. Right. Now, the ABLE Act is um, a way that the government is giving a person who has the need and has a financial need and a physical need to actually have assets. And what it allows a person to do is to create a an account, and the account has to be approved by the the state. In each state, they, whatever state they're living in, it it has to be an account that's approved by the state. Now, the state of Nevada has enabled the Able Act. Right. They've they've passed the law here enabling it. Now they are trying to set up all of the accounts that the state will allow you to invest in. And in an ABLE Act account, you can put up to $14,000 per year. You're only allowed one ABLE Act account. Right. Two, the total amount, regardless of how many people put money into that account, cannot exceed 14000 per year. But that account can, in fact, accumulate to up to up to a hundred thousand dollars, and even though you have a hundred thousand in that account, it is not counted against you to to receive any kind of Medicaid assistance. Now, so, is, is this taxed at the end of the term? Is it is it post tax? Is it pre tax? I mean, is it something it's that similar to a five twenty nine plan? Matter of fact, it was the Internal Revenue Service that came up with this plan, mm-hmm. and it was under Section five twenty nine. So. There is no tax on the income that is earned in that account. Okay. And when you take it out for the proper purposes, right. which can be 
education, transportation. I mean, there, there's a list of things that you can mm-hmm. use it for. And as long as the person takes it out and uses it for one of these types of, of uh, valid expenditures, right. then there's no tax when they take it out. So to boil it down... I'm 45 years old. I can start putting up to $14,000 a year into an account that can get up to $100,000 and I could to to use to pay for my own long-term care when I'm retired or when I need it, you know, later in life and there is no tax taking out of it at the end as long as I abide by the rules of the ABLE Act, correct? Not entirely. Okay, tell me <laughs> there are some limitations. Okay. Before you turn 26, Mm-hmm. You have to qualify as uh, a disabled person. Okay. And you can uh, qualify because of a long history uh, where you can't work and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can qualify by being under uh, SSI uh, or S- uh, Social Security Disability Income, SSDI. Right. And if you qualify before you're 26 – then even though you are older than 26, you can still have these accounts. But you have to qualify by the time you're uh, – before you're 26. Okay. And so, you know, if you're 45, you can't decide, well, I'm going to start put making one of these. But you could put – if you have a, a qualified child, you could put money into their account. Right. And then they can use it themselves. Now, a lot of times in our planning, we will put together – supplemental needs trust and this generally a supplemental needs trust is is a parent will put something into a trust for the benefit of the child a disabled child Mm -hmm. and then the uh, a trustee can use those funds for certain benefits for that child and still enable them to uh, be a um, covered by Medicaid. Interesting. So this is something that you would plan for your children, not necessarily for yourself. Most likely for a child. Okay. Well, give us a call. 702-257-5396. If you have a question for Mr. Lowe, Brian Lowe from Brian A. Lowe and Associates. We'll be right back with Ask the Experts. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720 KDWN. The number to call, 702-257-5396. I'm Brian Black here with Brian Lowe of Brian Lowe and Asso- Brian A. Lowe and Associates. Excuse me. Welcome back to the show. So we were talking about Medicaid spend down. We're talking about what you need to do to plan for your long-term care or your retirement or whatever you need nearing the end of your life. I mean, but you don't know how long that's going to be, as we talked about before. You can live to be 100 these days. You can live to be 120 these days. Um, my question for you, when somebody gets their free consultation. They call 702-259-0002. They make an appointment with Brian A. Lowe and Associates. Are you able to help most people? Yes, we're able to help most people. Actually, we're able to help all the people that come in because the, the minimum that they're receiving is a consultation on what they should or should not do. And it's free. So, and it's free. So, yes, we do help them. Now, if they want to take the next step... Yes, this is what we want to do. This is what we would like to accomplish. Then we can, in fact, do the documentation, assist them in doing their spend downs or whatever they're going to do to qualify to uh, for Medicaid. Uh, sometimes it takes changing their estate plan for years. We talk to them 
you know, have a trust, avoid probate, try to minimize taxes. And now all of a sudden, in, while they're getting to the last part of their life, we're saying no, because your need now has changed. It's different than what it used to be. We need to amend your documentation. Right. And oftentimes that means that we have to take assets out of the trust, put them back into a probatable estate, then let the probatable estate on the on the first to die create a supplemental needs trust, a, a testamentary supplemental needs trust for the benefit of an institutionalized spouse. And so it's not an accountable asset. If they keep that money inside of the trust, and that's their thinking, well, right. we've done a trust, we're protected, this is the way we want, want to go with it. Right. And now all of a sudden we're telling them just the opposite. And it's just because of change of circumstance. Absolutely. Well, things change. When, when let me ask you this, when, when do I start thinking about this? I mean, yeah, I mean, the perfect answer is always, well, you know, start today. But when, when, is the, when, when am I supposed to come see you and start thinking about my will, my trust, my long-term care? When is the right time? We all see signs of deterioration in our mind or our body or whatever. And sometimes that puts us on notice. Hey, we need to, we need to start planning. Right. You can't let it go forever because the time then gets shorter and shorter before you need the actual assistance. Mm -hmm. So the longer time you, you give us the better planning we can do. Now, can we do a crisis plan where I'd like to get Medicaid a month from now and I have too much money there are some things that we do in crisis planning that uh, weathers the storm with Medicaid. We can save some of that that estate, but we can do much more the longer period we have to to do that planning. But they need to get in. They need to discuss it. Now, this is what we do. We have kind of a holistic approach to our state planning now. It's not just what they need at the moment, right. but we try to see what they have done, what they want to do in their life, and we ask them about their health, about their parents' health, their siblings' health, is there some genetic problem that uh, they are susceptible to, and therefore maybe we should plan around it. So we start asking them a lot of questions, mm -hmm. and by getting answers to those questions, we can, in fact, start planning around it. Now, we look at everyone that comes in as a person that has their own needs. We can't lump everyone into one little jar. I mean, everyone well, will course, fit it yes. in that jar. Everyone has their own. So when you think, well, I'll get a trust and that will do it, and some people right. will go down and just get a trust from somebody or at the stationery store, get a, a CAN program. There is no planning around it. And it's that planning and then the documentation to accomplish what your plan is trying to, to do that completes the plan. And if it doesn't work out, you, you never get that Alzheimer's that your mother had. Right. And you live a long life. Well, you're no worse off. So when somebody walks in the door and they, they, they say, okay, I'm going to do this, uh, how often am I going to have to change my plan, do you think? I mean, did you, do you just come in when circumstances change? Do you revisit it on a yearly basis, every five years? What's, what's normal? 
Well, we generally suggest that people come in periodically. Mm -hmm. We also send out, if we've done something in a specific trust and we see some change in the law or some advantage to make an amendment to it, then we will send a letter out to our client saying, we need to reconsider this part of your trust. Or here are some things that are happening. Here are some court cases that, that have taken place. If you fall into one of these categories, you should give us a call so that we can address maybe an issue that we haven't looked at in the past. And as they get older, then we generally ask them, come in, we need to talk about what your estate is like now, what your overall plan is, do we need to make any changes in that plan? And they may have someone in their family who is now receiving some kind of governmental assistance. Mm -hmm. And they have put that person in as a beneficiary under their plan. Right. And it well, could mess things right. up. If, if that person inherits from them, they lose their governmental uh, assistance or Medicaid. So there are changes in people's lives and in the lives of of uh, their friends or family or whatever that they're trying to uh, to assist when they die. So any any kind of change, it's worthwhile to get in and talk to us and so we can make any adjustments. Well, the, the number to call if you want to schedule a free consultation with Brian A. Lowe and Associates is 702-259-0002. That's 702-259-0002. Or you can visit them online at southernnevadalawyers.com. The name of the show is Ask the Experts. Uh, thank you for being with us today, Brian. Uh, this is a, really a public service. You're answering questions for absolutely free with no agenda other than to provide that information. And, um, you know, I cannot stress enough that this is a free consultation that we're talking about. You guys have been, how long have you been in business in Las Vegas? 32 years. So you're a local company. You're a family company. I've known the family for several years now. I, I cannot speak highly enough about uh, the, the kind of people that we'd be dealing with if we walked in the door of Brian A. Lowe and Associates. Um, and uh, what I will say is that if you're, if you're worried about the process of a qual a qualifying for Medicaid or you're worried about the process of setting up a trust or a will or you're worried about the process of navigating the, all the government regulations, give Brian a call. Because he's going to help you. 702-259-0002. That's the number for Brian A. Lowe and Associates. The website, once again, southernnevadalawyers.com. Brian, thanks for being here, and we'll see you next Monday. Thank you, Brian. I'll be here.